This is the She Runs the Show podcast with Cassandra Bybus, episode number 40 with Caroline Belinska. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 40 of She Runs the Show. I'm so happy to bring back some interviews with some amazing guests. And episode 40, uh, you're going to love it. Caroline Belinska. We talked um, in episode number 40 about so many things. In fact, we talked a lot about Caroline, you know, coached me through a couple of things and challenged me to step up my game. And if you haven't heard of Caroline Belinska, definitely go visit her website, carolinebelinska.com. That's Caroline with a C, belinska.com. I'll also include it at cassandrabibus.com in the show notes, all of her information. But Caroline is a coach and a digital marketing expert. And what she does, and literally after this this episode that you're going to hear, she did this with me, so I can tell you that she is amazing at what she does. She provides holistic solutions, not just a tactic. And really, Caroline's work is to help you create your signature marketing strategy. It's to help you figure out how to present yourself in a way that gives you the income, the revenue, the tribe, and the lifestyle that you're looking for in an online business. And I think what's amazing about Caroline is she's so strategic and tactical, and she's all about taking the steps necessary in the form of a whole strategy, not just tactics, but a whole strategy to get you where you want to go. And we talk a lot about marketing, online business, you know, who's doing it well, who's not doing it well, what's missing, and how to make time for marketing in your business. Obviously, if you're an entrepreneur, you know that that the bulk of what your work needs to be is that marketing, selling, building your relationships with your tribe piece. And so Caroline in today's episode helps us figure out how when oftentimes we're solopreneurs, how do we make time for our marketing? How do we make what's first really first in our business day? And so without a shadow of doubt, you're going to get so much from talking to Caroline. She is a digital marketing expert. She's a business coach. And what she talks about is putting all of the marketing pieces together, not just focusing on a tactic here and a tactic there. So, all right, let's get to the episode with Caroline Malenska. Caroline, thank you for coming on She Runs the Show today. I'm so excited to have you on because I think online marketing is the thing that can make or break a business. Would you agree with that? 100%. And I say that to all business owners and entrepreneurs that Before you're a business owner, before you're an entrepreneur, you're actually a marketing expert because if you can't be a marketing expert in your own business, then you'll never succeed. Yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, and I find this among whether it's men or women, they, they love what they do, but they don't love marketing what they do. So can you talk, and especially because, um, Marketing is so essential. Will you talk to me about how you came into your own business focused on on helping uh, entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs specifically, grow, automate, love their online business? How did you get onto this part of your journey? Yeah, I guess my family always had a family business. And I remember from a young child, my father used to brag about never advertising or never marketing his business. And he used that as 
something that he was proud of. And even as a young child, I remember thinking, that sounds strange to me. Don't you want to promote your business even more? And I, something in my head just knew that that wasn't right. And then I went on to uh, become a hairdresser and makeup artist. And in my 20s, I was working, since my teen years, I was working at a salon. And in my early 20s, I became a business partner there. And my business partner there, he had been there for about 10 years and he was, it was like I had just walked into another life of like my father and he was the same. He was bragging about never promoting his business. And in his case, he was never as successful as he could have been. So when I came on board and I realized that I really needed to learn marketing extremely well, so I went away and I did a course in my own time, learned how to do marketing. Back then there was no internet, so it wasn't about online marketing, it was just offline marketing. And he never, ever, that business partner never, ever truly accepted what I was doing. He used to think I was crazy. He never understood it. But I did turn that business around. And when I left that business, when I was about 26 or 27, I had built that business. I think we, it was like four times more um, income than what we had when I started there. So I really turned that business around. And the, and he wasn't doing too bad to begin with. He had a brilliant location. We had a brilliant location. So it was very easy, but we really, I made that a lot more than what it was. And it was funny because two years after I left there, I ran into some people from that street because I knew everyone that worked on that street that had businesses. And they said, he has not changed at all since you walked away. He just, it was like nothing had changed since the day you left and he was not doing anything new and he was not becoming any more successful so he just stopped at this plateau it was because marketing is so important and you can't just stop doing it you need to continue so it was something that I was always passionate about and I've always been the person who loves building businesses I've also done a lot of things for other people's businesses even back then I was helping other um, beauticians and not so much competition to me but other sort of businesses build their business and show them how they can actually grow their business. Beautiful. And Beautiful. talk to me about the focus on women entrepreneurs. What makes you um, focus on that arena? I guess coming from originally being a hair and makeup artist, I've always been around women. And five or six years ago, I started a hair and makeup bridal agency and I had, it was all about the brides. And so I was, very, very in-depth with women in general. And I love working with them. And along the way, I came across a lot of brides who were women starting businesses. And a lot of the girls that worked for me also had not just working for me in my agency, but they had their own hair and makeup business of their own. So I'd always been helping in that sort of area. And I guess the hair and beauty industry was just something that I found was my calling. And so then that sort of now developed into just women in general, because I think women do think and feel very differently from men. I think that one of the biggest problems that women face is that if you become too strong and you try to you try to become the leader, men try to, or even other women, like to say that we're being aggressive. Not that we're assertive, they like to call us aggressive. So I find that it's a very hard industry for women to be assertive without looking like they're aggressive. So it's this very fine line for women entrepreneurs. Absolutely. And, but I noticed that, you know, you have a, a webinar where you talk about how you built your list over 20,000 in less than one year. That's powerful. How, yeah, how so did you do that? That was actually interesting because before I moved to Spain, now I'm living in Spain and I've been here for just over a year, a year and a half now. And before I moved to Spain, when I was in Melbourne, I was doing exactly what I'm doing now, but I was running 
little workshops I would get, um, I would advertise on Facebook and I would get 20 to 25 business owners in the local area. I had a venue that I worked out of and I would run these mini workshops where people would come along, learn about their business, whether it be about Facebook or retargeting or whatever topic I chose to do that week. And by the end of that uh, session, that w workshop, I would have two or three new clients out of that. And that was how I was getting my clients. And that was enough for me to work one-on-one -on -one with people helping consult for their businesses and helping them learn how to grow their own businesses. And what happened was when I did move to Spain, I found I didn't have a network here. I don't speak Spanish. The economy here is extremely bad. The, the um, unemployment rate here is 50% for people under 30 years old. So it's, yeah, it's extremely bad. And it's not even the year and a half I've been here, I've still seen businesses closing down. So things are not really turned around yet. So I found that I couldn't do what I was doing in Australia, where I was doing small workshops, getting small business owners and getting them to come along. So what I found was I had to go completely online. And by going completely online, I had to build an email list, which was something that I hadn't needed before. But then suddenly, with the direction of my business, I did need to build an email list. So that was, it was something that I was teaching others to do. I didn't need it in my business before that, but now I find that that is what I do need in my business. So I had to really build my email list. So I took everything I'd been teaching all my clients for all these years and used all of those skills and turned my business into my email list from, I think when I arrived here, I had about 500 people on my email list and I built that up to over 20,000 in about a year. Wow. So if you're talking to a woman entrepreneur who has a very small list, let's say under 200, and they hear that and they say, I don't know, I mean, how much time does it take to build a list in less than a year to above 20,000? You know, the fear that comes in with how much time that takes. What do you say to that? Well, first of all, the first thing I would say, it's not actually about the size. The size doesn't matter. And it's really about how you make the most of the list that you've got. So if you've got a list of 200, if you're looking after that list, then you can be making money off that list straight away. A lot of people, what they think is that they need to grow their list very quickly or they need to grow it very big to start making money, but that's not true. If you're selling a product where it's a one-on-one -on -one session or it's some sort of personalized package where you're spending a lot of time with that person, then you don't need 20,000 people on your list because you're never going to be able to service all those people. However, if you were selling a $20 ebook or a video training course that was a low price, then you could have that many people. So it, it's, People need to understand why they need the list and how many people they need on their list in the first place and whether they need to spend that much time. I would rather someone spend more time uh, keeping an eye on the list that they already have, nurturing that list, looking after that list, than trying to grow a big list. So that's the first thing I'll say. Second of all, yes, it is work. Anyone that says that it's not hard work is lying to you or they were one in a million chance. So it does take time. You do need to do a lot of split testing. That's a really big part of it. You need to have a look at what your audience actually wants. Every audience, no matter what, is going to have a slightly different, um, a slightly different opt-in that they prefer, something different that they want to get from you. So you might have a competitor who is in a very, say for instance, if you're a health coach and your competitor was also a health coach. Just because you're both health coaches doesn't mean that your target audience is going to be exactly the same. So it doesn't mean that the same um, free offer is going to work for both lists. So split testing 
your offers, how you get people in is the best thing. So whether you want to split test doing a webinar versus doing a free download PDF or whether you want to test a free one-on-one consultation, a 20-minute free consultation, there's lots of different ways you can get people onto your list. But you need to split test what's going to work best for your list. And there's no such thing. I'm, I'm one of those people. I give a lot of advice on strategy advice and templates that you can use, but I don't believe that there's one way that every business can do something. There's not just one path for everyone to follow. Absolutely. And so, you know, with your focus on, on marketing in your own business, how much of your work week is spent on, on the marketing side of things? Quite a lot, and I think for me, I couldn't actually put it down into hours because I do have other people on my team that do help me. So I do have people that help me with my social media, that help do the research. So I do a lot of the initial research into what sort of things I want to be putting on social media, but I do have a team of people that do help me with all of that. I don't do it all myself. As for writing my blogs, I do that myself. Writing my emails, I do that myself. But there's a lot of other things going on behind the scenes that you can't see that I do a lot of things when it comes to slide shares. And then once I've done a slide and slide presentation, I pop it up onto somewhere like slideshare.com. And then I have my team go out and make sure that it's being, that other people know about it in other places, whether it be on Twitter, whether it be on Tumblr, Facebook, other places as well. And what advice do you have for women entrepreneurs who are solopreneurs and are not at the point where they're ready to kind of bring on VAs or a team? Well, the first thing I would recommend is that you must. The only way you're going to grow is taking on people to help you. And the easiest way to do that, and the worst thing that anyone can do is saying, I'm not ready for a VA or I'm not ready for any help and leaving it until the very last minute because all that happens then is that you have too much work and you don't have time to put someone else on. So what I recommend to someone, even if you get someone for only one hour a week to start off with, it's very easy to find someone that's going to work for one hour a week that they can be dedicated to you where you can say, okay, every week I want you on board for one hour. Then all you do is you put together a little training video. You can do it via a screen capture program on your computer and just walk through the task, like a basic task that you want them to do create that video, and then you have that in your catalogue of training videos for any VAs in the future. And start to build up. So every month, just get someone to do one or two extra tasks. And the tasks that we always recommend that you outsource are tasks that are done on a regular basis in exactly the same way each time. So, for instance, if you are every single month, you're writing an email, and you then want to let everyone know on your Facebook page about that email, then that task is done the same way every time. It's just a link from your email onto Facebook or onto Twitter. Or it might be that you want people that have signed up for your blog to receive every month a little quote from you. You can outsource those sort of things. So find something that is done on a regular basis in your business and start to outsource that as quickly as possible. It's only going to cost you probably $20 a week to do that if you're doing one hour a week. But by doing that, you do have the chance that in three or four months' time when you start to grow your business, you're not sitting there, and I see it all the time, people saying, oh, I'm too overwhelmed now. I don't have time to teach someone else to do that task. 
Yes. And that's when, that's when you get stuck with all these things and it gets to the point where you say, oh, my God, now I have so many tasks I can't do myself. I don't have time to, but I don't have time to show someone else how to do it. So you're better off giving small tasks away from the beginning and start to grow that VA into a, a larger part of your business. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting. I think it's not as expensive as you think it is, you know. I, I think it's really not that expensive to bring somebody on. Exactly. And that's what a lot of people get a little bit frightened about, that they think by outsourcing something it's going to cost them a lot of money. There's actually I've seen on Fiverr, of course, if you're going to use something like Fiverr, you really need to be careful about the reviews of people that are working on Fiverr and also about your security. So you do want to be careful giving out um, highly sensitive information to people that are not really in your team, that are just VAs. But go to somewhere like Fiverr, and I have seen quite a few people there saying, I will help you for one hour for $5. At least that way, if you can say to that person, okay, every week I'm going to take you on for $5, they might not be able to do a very big task, but they'll be able to do a few little things that are going to save you, even that hour, it's going to save you. The first time it might cost you, the first week it might cost you the $5 plus an hour to make a video training um, for them. But then after that, that's time that you save. That's one extra hour that you can spend on more important things, like thinking about what you're going to put into your emails thinking about what you're going to write on your blog, spending some time to go to Facebook and actually contacting, communicating with people on a more personal level, that's where you're going to make your money in those areas, not with these tasks that you do on a monthly basis that you can outsource for 5 to $20 an hour. Exactly. That's right. Wow, that's, that's powerful. And when you think about it, I mean, growing a business is something that really does take time and it takes work and it takes an investment of energy. How do you find that? I mean, at this stage in your business, how do you find that you create work life harmony between the, the demands and needs of your business, even with a team and the rest of your life? That's a funny one. I'm not very into um, daily routine. I'm not a routine person. And that's part of why I like being an entrepreneur. A few times over the last 15 years, I've gone back to normal jobs. And I've lasted, I think, 20 days at the most. And going, oh, my God, routine, routine, I hate this. And I really don't like it. I do have daily rituals that I have in place. And at the moment, this month, my thing is about getting really, really fit for summer. It's summer over here in, in Spain. So all my Australian friends are sitting there in winter at the moment. But I'm getting ready for summer, so I've got my daily ritual of working out. I'm not one of those people that get up at 9 o'clock every morning and go for a run straight away. I want to, but I'm not that person. So I just make sure that I make it happen during the day. I'm very good at getting things done when I need to get them done, but, of course, I can be a little bit lazy at times. I think everyone's got that in them. But when it comes to the work-life balance, I have some weekends where I work all weekends, there's other weekends we'll go off to the beach to stay at the beach apartment where I'll be working on my laptop while other people are, you know, swimming or my boyfriend's sleeping and I'll get up and work. But then there's other weekends where I say, I'm not doing any work this weekend. I'm only going to concentrate on having a weekend off. I'm really learning how to have that work-life balance because now that I've got my partner, I really do need to spend time with him. So sometimes I just have to close my laptop and say, not now. I need to just not do that right now. It's not that important. I think it's about realizing how urgent is it? Is it urgent where if you don't hand that in today that you're going to lose money? 
if it's not the case, then put it down and actually have some time to do something else with yourself. Exercise, spend some time with your family or go out for that, you know, coffee with a friend that you haven't seen for a while. Absolutely. And don't you think that part of it is the giving yourself permission to run your business in the way that works for you? Exactly. And that's, that is my biggest thing in life. I'm, I realized a long time ago that making money is great and it's a nice bonus at the end, but making money for me is not the be all or end, end all. Yeah. Making money helps me live the lifestyle I want, but I'm not so money hungry where I'm willing to give up enjoying myself. So I have a lot of people come to me and they say, Caroline, help me in my business. I want to make $50,000 a month. And my first question to them is, why do you want to make 50000 a month? And if you want to make 50000 a month, that's fine, but you're going to have to put in more work, more effort for $50,000 a month than you are for 10000 a month. And it might not be a lot more, but you still have to put in more effort. So do you really need that money? What are you trying to achieve? Are you trying to achieve more money or a better lifestyle? And I think that's where a lot of people are not sure of the difference between it. And there is a massive difference between lifestyle and money. Mm, what's the difference? Well, your the money is helping you live your lifestyle. And for someone who needs that tells me that they want to earn fifty thousand a month, and then once you find out that they only need, even if they want to buy a nicer house, a nicer car, they only actually need twenty thousand a month, and the rest of it is just for the sake of saying that they earn it, then. If that's what you need and your ego, and everyone's got an ego, and that's fine. If your ego needs that money, then you just need to be willing to work harder and understand that you're putting aside a lifestyle rather than having the money. And a lot of people I see, they they earn the money and then they just go completely off the grid for six months and they don't work at all and then they live their lifestyle. And that's fine. So some people like to do it that way. But you've got to be willing to give up that time period of not um, having the lifestyle to be making that money. So I guess what a lot of people need to do is look inside themselves and decide what, which one's more important or what part of their life is more important. Mm. And do you think that that changes? Because I can imagine that, um, you know, here, here's the thing that I think a lot of women entrepreneurs struggle with, and I'd love for you to speak to this. I think that, and I always tell, you know, I'm 37, I always tell younger women like who are, 18, 20, 22, like now's the time for you to build a business. Like if you're going to do it, jump on it when you have no children, when you have no spouse, when you have um, all the time in the world and your time is completely your own. But I think when I talk to women who are kind of in my age bracket, who have children and families and responsibilities and all of these other things, they're going for, well, I've got to get there faster because I want to be able to have a lifestyle where I can spend all the time in the world that I want with my kids. And so they're like pushing, pushing, pushing. But I think like you're saying, don't you have to, even at the beginning of a business, especially if you have children and you have other responsibilities, don't you have to create a business around your lifestyle and not your lifestyle around your business? I don't know. What do you think about that? Exactly. And you made a really good point about the age being a big difference in that because when I was in my early 20s, I used to work in my salon 
I think I used to do 50 to 60 hours a week. And for fun, I used to go and work at one of the nightclubs because rather than going there just to have drinks with everyone, I used to have a job there. So I was being paid to hang out with people and socialize. But I had to be there every week. And for me, I didn't have a problem with that because I didn't have anything else. I didn't have kids. I didn't have anything to worry about. Whereas now, I don't want to be working 60 hours a week because even if I could be making $200,000 a month, it's not worth it for my lifestyle. So what people need to understand is that it does take time to build a business. All these overnight successes, and at the moment there's a really big thing with these people saying they're an overnight success, and I just do not buy it. I've seen so much of it. It's putting other women who do not, who are not an overnight success, it's putting them in a position saying, oh, I must be a failure because I can't do that. Trust me, most of it's smoke and mirrors. Most people are not overnight successes. Facebook was not an overnight success. Facebook was like five years or eight years in the making. It doesn't happen like that. So everyone needs to step back and say, okay, I do need to look at what is in my life. Like you said, you've got to work your business around your lifestyle and what lifestyle you really want. If you've got kids, you don't want to be spending six months where you're completely away from them because you're working so hard only to be giving them money just to you know buy the finer things. You want to be spending time with them. So you don't want to put yourself in that situation where you feel pressure that I want to be an overnight su- success. I need to make this all happen tomorrow. It, it, life, it, business doesn't work like that. Business is not in that. It, do, it just doesn't work like that. So you do need to say, okay, this is what I need. These are the amount of hours I need to spend with my family. This is what I need to do in my business. These are the amount of hours I can spend in my business. Okay, I want to earn this money. How can I achieve that in these hours that I've got? And I think the biggest thing that 99% of entrepreneurs get wrong and why they do struggle is because they don't have a proper plan. And I do this with a lot of my clients that they say, I want this money, okay, I'm going to spend time with my kids, I want this money, and I'll I'll dedicate 20 hours a week. And then you find out what they're doing with that 20 hours, and I say to them, you're not making them as productive as you should be. Mm -hmm. So if you've got a plan in place, where as, as much as I don't like routine, I still have a plan where I know this week, the only thing I'm working on this week is my new website. And I think that's what comes back to getting a team together because if you have a team, it makes it easier for you to focus on the things that are most value added for you as an entrepreneur to do and send the other tasks that are not as value added to other people. Exactly, exactly. And that's why I was saying if you take on someone straight away to do something just for one hour a week, build that up to two, build it up to three, then that's one extra hour that you spend doing what you want. It's like... I see a lot of people, I see it in forums at the moment, and especially with female entrepreneurs, there's this whole discussion at the moment in so many different groups about getting a cleaner, uh, someone to clean your house. And so many people are there going, oh, no, I don't want to spend that money per week on a cleaner. Some of my friends laugh at me that I have a house cleaner. And they say, but you can do it yourself. You're at home all day. And it's like, but I'm working all day. I'm not just sitting at home on the couch watching TV and eating Tim Tams. Like, I'm actually working. And my cleaner comes in three hours a week. And when she's here, I'm productive. I'm working. I know that what I'm paying her per week, I'm much better spending that time working on my business because I cannot afford to pay someone 
at the skill level I'm at to do what I'm doing online, but I can afford to pay her at her skill level to clean my house. And I say this to people all the time, take a cleaner for a couple of hours a week and use that time either to spend time with your children and feel guilt-free about, hey, someone's cleaning my house and I get to have two or three productive hours with my children or spend it actually working on your business. And don't feel guilty about it because someone someone needs to do that cleaning, but someone also needs to do what you need in your business. So you need to find ways to make your business time more productive rather than less productive. Absolutely. And now you mentioned something really, it's one of my one of my favorite things to talk about. The idea of um, guilt and female entrepreneurs. <laughs> I was talking to a number of entrepreneurs a few weeks ago, and I can't tell you the extent to which I see female entrepreneurs, especially mothers, feel a lot of guilt around working on their business, where their male counterparts who also have families and children never feel guilt about working on their business. Do you come across that mommy guilt or mompreneur guilt with your clients? And, and how do you help them work through that, especially when they're trying to carve out time to do online marketing? Yeah, it's a funny one. And I, I guess this is another thing that when it comes to mums in general, mums have got a really, really big issue with feeling guilt. And it's just, I think it's just part of being a female. And it's, I don't think it's something that will ever go away entirely, no matter how much you talk to someone. I think it's not something that you can remove from their mentality completely. But it's about making them realize that they're, they're allowed to feel that, but they need to realize that they're going to be more productive and more successful if they move that feeling to the side and work on what they need to be working on. Because so many women don't want to spend any money on themselves. They don't want to spend time on themselves. They don't, they don't want to do anything that takes away from their children. But what they don't realize is that every time they do that, they're not bettering themselves, so they're not going to be a better parent for their child anyway. So if they're feeling guilty, it's instead of having a um, a positive feeling, they've got a negative feeling. It's like, you know, my mum always said to me, there's no point crying. Crying's not going to solve anything. You know, find a solution and move on. And it's the same with mummy guilt. You've just got to say, okay, well, that's how I feel, but I've got to turn that into a positive reaction I've got to make that a positive action from the reaction of feeling guilty how can I make it better okay so let's spend two hours on my business and then I'm going to spend half an hour playing with the kids you've just got to I don't think there's you know what after all these years I don't think there's a good way to take away that feeling and I can tell you being a hairdresser for so many years when I used to have my salon the amount of mums that used to come to the salon to come in for two hours to get their color done and the kids will be ringing or the kids are sitting there in the pram and the kid will start crying or they'll call and say, mom, I need you. And the mums would go from being totally relaxed to feeling guilty. And it's like, just give yourself this time to be you so then you can be a better person for your children. Absolutely. Absolutely. And a, and a business is a great way to um, provide for your family, but also fulfill your, your purpose in life, fill, fulfill one of them. So, but not only yeah. that, sorry, I'll just say, but not only that, that is exactly true. But the other thing that you're doing by having a business as a mum, you are creating something very valuable for your children. You're giving your children a value that they do not get from school. 
They're getting a value. They're learning a value about working hard. They're learning the value of respect. They're learning the value of money. And any parent who owns a business gives their children something that that child will never learn at primary school or high school or at university. That's something that you can only learn seeing a parent as a business owner or being a business owner yourself. So giving your child that opportunity to see you as a successful business person I think is something that is so beneficial to that child and that child has so much more um I don't I don't want to say just respect it's respect but they they look up to you and they realize like look at my mum she's a super mum she's actually a business person and they they can see something that you are a great person even if you can't spend all the time that you normally would want to spend with your child Absolutely. Yeah, that reminds me of a story. My, um, I have three children and my middle son, William, who's uh, about to be 11. My, my mother was um, talking to him while she was painting her nails and, and he said something to her like she said, he, he said, well, my mom doesn't paint her nails. She's a businesswoman. <laughs> now, I think, I mean, I would love for him to say my mom is a businesswoman and she paints her nails, but the reality is I don't paint my nails. But it was interesting that that was his perspective because he does see how hard I work. So exactly. that's a good feeling. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So when, so tell me now, you know, the online marketing space. So for for women entrepreneurs who are, are beginning in the online space, I've talked to a number of them who've had either um, traditional businesses, brick and mortar businesses, and now they're going online or they've closed their brick and mortar business and they are trying to create a brand new online business. What is your advice about where they can begin with online marketing? Okay, so that's a very, very big question. Um, and this is where I, I say that I do not, I don't have one way of doing anything. I've owned six businesses outside of the marketing business. I've had businesses in um, hospitality, in events, hairdressing, um, an agency. I've had all sorts of other businesses. So I do understand business from so many different angles. And there's not one way to do anything. And all these people that are saying, oh, follow my um, plan because it's, you know, you'll get success from following my plan. There's no such thing as that. Every business is going to be different. I've got certain resources, certain tools, certain templates that I give people to work with. But there's no one way to do it. So I guess the first thing before you work into which whether you're using Facebook or Twitter or anything like that, the first thing I say to people is that you really need to research and see what is going on. And I think this is where so many businesses go wrong is that they're not doing the research well enough. And I even see this. I love Shark's Tank and Dragon's Den. I've watched them from every country. There's ones in Ireland. There's ones in the UK, Canada, Australia. And I watch them all and I'm really obsessed with them. And one thing that I see many entrepreneurs doing wrong in all different industries is that they haven't researched what is going on in the market before they jump in. They have this idea, they have a dream, and they jump in without looking at what they should actually be doing. So the first thing I recommend to people is researching, and it's now with the internet, trust me, I was so I started businesses before the internet was even around. So back then, research, you had to go to a marketing research company and pay them a lot of money to do your research, whereas now you can do it easily. So jump on Facebook and start to have a look at other people in your industry. 
have a look what they're doing. Have a look at the sort of posts that they're posting, whether it be on Facebook, whether it be on Pinterest, Instagram, whether it be on Twitter, and have a look at what other people are doing and what's working for them. You can start to get a feel of how many followers do they have? Do their followers interact more on Twitter? Do they interact more on Facebook? Maybe they're doing a lot of Facebook advertising. If they're doing a lot of advertising, it's probably making them a lot of money. So then you start to get an idea of, where you should be concentrating your efforts because every business is going to be slightly different and these days with so many different types of social media, I say to people, I would rather you concentrate on one social media and do it really, really well than try to spread yourself too thinly. So if you find that you are in going from yoga as a bricks and mortar business and you're going into something online with yoga, then go and have a look around. Is is Instagram getting a lot of people on it for yoga stuff? Is it Pinterest? Is it Facebook? Is it Twitter? Find out where people are before you jump in and say, I'm going to have a Facebook page and I'm going to start posting all the stuff on Facebook because that might not be the place that you need to be. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think, I think you point to a good point, a good point about it. It's, it's, there is no one size fits all because what I'm seeing a lot are a lot of people who are saying, here's the way it's my way. Here's the way. And if you do all of this and you purchase this product or this program, then you're for sure going to get to that amount per month. And I think, like you said, that's, that's not the way it works. There are many ways to get to where you want to go. Exactly, and it comes down to your target audience. I've got, for instance, I've got two clients at the moment, and they're both doing yoga. They're both in yoga, and they're both putting together yoga programs online where it's going to be video training, and it's a members area, and it's based around yoga. But one of them has a target audience of 30 to 38 of new mums. The other lady has a target audience of over 55s. So with the two of them, even though they're both doing yoga, They're both doing video training online. Their businesses are so different that there is no way that they could both go and buy the same um, program, the same, you know, business program and end up with great results. It's not going to happen. They've got such a different target audience. The way you have to nurture your target audience really comes down to who they are. For instance, the younger, the one doing the yoga for the younger 30 to 38-year-olds, she was saying to me she wanted to do... Um, a meditation course via video. And I said to her, but if you're talking about mums that are busy and she wanted to get into this, I think they were more like CEOs with um, children. And I said, do you really think that they've got time to sit down and watch a 20-minute training video about meditation? I said, turn it into audio. When it's audio, when they're walking their child, if they're walking in the park, they can listen to it or they're driving in the car. That's going to be a lot more beneficial than asking them to sit down and watch a video of your training. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's good. So, That's- so, so now if people wanted to find out more about you because they're saying, okay, you know what, what Carolyn's saying is so true. All of it fits. I need guidance. How can they find you? Yeah, so my new website, which I'm just launching, it's actually launching this afternoon, actually. Yeah. It's Caroline Belinska at uh, com. And that is where I'm going to be keeping all my training. I've got a few different programs going on. And out of there, I'm doing the Freedom Strategy at the moment. I'm launching um, the boot camp. I've just finished one lot of boot camp, and I'm doing the next one. And that's all about list building. But the whole idea about that is workshopping each week with 
everyone that's actually joined up to the boot camp because a lot of these courses, they give you all these training videos and they tell you to go away and follow a couple of diagrams and you'll build your business. But what I found was that there's no one out there that's offering a boot camp where you can just you follow the video and then you can actually talk through it with someone. So that's what I'm doing. I do two weekly workshops and then full email access to me at any time where you can actually jump on board we can workshop it together on the workshop, the live workshop. I can screen share with you. I can answer your questions, but also you can email me anytime. So that's the that's really going to be my signature program. For people who can't afford one-on-one coaching with me, that's a really, really cost-effective way to actually get the training and get the personal advice from me without getting a one-on-one coaching. Fantastic. Okay, beautiful. And I will be sure to include that in the show notes as well so that they can have a link to the website and can find you and reach you. Perfect. So now I this is my favorite question. It's also the final question I like to ask, but every everyone answers differently, so I can't wait to hear your answer. When you're 85 years old and you're someplace beautiful and looking back on your life, what do you want to be able to say you were able to accomplish over the course of your lifetime? Ah, oh, you know what? I guess lifestyle, having the lifestyle where I, I'm not, I'm not into all that glitz and glam. I used to be when I was younger. I used to love the glitz and glam and think that I wanted, you know, so much money to buy everything. But I just realized that lifestyle is so important to me. Having those moments where walking on the beach whenever I want to. And then also working a lot with charities. So I do do a lot of work with charities and that's really, my things that I love to help people. I've been a teacher for so many years. I've taught as well. I guess helping people be what they want to be, but also working with people who are more at need, but really lifestyle. It's not for me. The journey is not about making money. Mine's about success of having a lifestyle that I've always, that I can look back on and actually enjoy because you hear from people, it was never about making a lot of money. I think that most people want They want to be happy, but money's not going to bring the happiness that a lifestyle and the friendship and the freedom and the the ability to do what I want to do when I want to do it. (laughs) Yes, freedom. (laughs) That's it. Well, Carolyn, thank you so much for joining. She runs the show today, and I will be sure to let everybody know how wonderful your work is in the world. And I'm sure that by the time you're 85, you will have looked over a lifetime of freedom and joy. Yes, thanks for having me, Cassandra. It's been wonderful.